Hello travellers, and welcome to Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn, episode 19, Now We Wait and Watch. There's been a delay on the finalised art for some of the characters, as our lovely artist has been seriously ill recently, so the finished pieces will now be revealed via our Patreon on December 1st for all non-patrons. Of course, it will be revealed earlier for all supporting patrons. So please, send Sarah some love and support. You may notice our audio in the second half is slightly different tonally. Unfortunately, the audio for Vinny's recording collapsed, so we've relied on a backup for his section. Hi, I'm Vinny. My pronouns are he, him. I play Murren, the half-orc monk. His pronouns are he, him. I'm Liz. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Toby, the tiefling warlock of the Raven Queen. He uses he, him. Hi, I'm Tom. My pronouns are he, him, and I play Herbuck, the lizard man wizard. He uses he, him pronouns. I'm Nina. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Mix, the Asimar warlock of the Fae. Her pronouns are also she, her. And I'm Ray, your host and game master. I use he, him pronouns. I play Scrawl and the Doomsinger, who both use he, him pronouns too. And I also play just about everyone else. With that out of the way, on with the show. Hello there. Welcome. Can I take your coats? Ah, you're surprised to see me here. Yes, yes. No, 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 no. It really is me, rest assured. This show is still proceeding as normal. It's just... Well, we've got some special guests in to tell their side of things, you see. We sort of parted ways for a few days and, well, you'll see soon enough. Before we follow Toby and find out what he's doing, what are Mix and Murren going to be doing in this situation? Well, I kind of want to try and stop this fight. There are a lot of people in this bar. There's a crowd of people... Patrons of all races, shapes and sizes. As soon as one of the people got attacked with a sword, things just got even more hectic because the people who were at the front were of the mindset, hey, I don't want anything to do with that, and trying to run away. But then the people on the outside, not necessarily being completely aware of what's happened, are still trying to get at them. And some of the people that are completely aware of what's happened are still trying to get at them. There's a lot of chaos happening. Punches being thrown, there's furniture, there's bottles. The Black Claw members are shuffling. They're moving slowly out of the bar, but there is a crowd of people between you and them. And at the rate they're moving, they're definitely going to get out of this bar before you. Oh, shit. It's one of those situations where it's an all-out bar fight. There are people trying to attack the Black Claw, but there's also people who are just like... You threw a bottle and it hit me, so now I'm fighting you. People are throwing punches every which way. With the bleeding dwarf and with everything going on, Mix would not move. You're gonna get hit. Ugh. You are in the middle of a brawl. This is like trying to stand still in a mosh pit. It's not gonna happen. Mix, do you think it would be for the better if we just um vacated ourselves from this premises? I, I, I... Don't forget your robe. Oh. Currently wrapped around the dwarf holding his guts in. <laughs> Perhaps we could bring him with us. That's a good idea. Get him to safety. The Doomsinger ducks another punch. Yeah. 
yeah, let's get out of here, but let's bring him with us. I'll try to pick up the dwarf. He doesn't resist. He does his best to put his arm around you, but he's very, very weak. Trying to stay as low as we can. The Doomsinger helps. I will walk in front of them, basically to try and buffer anything that could come into contact with them. Slowly moving through this crowd, and it's slow going, especially with carrying a half-dead dwarf with you. But you do see Mix, the three members of the Black Claw, who now are all wearing their helmets, make their way out of the bar several feet before you even get close to the exit. You see them leaving the boat. Toby, you are invisible. You managed to sneak behind Lorela as she opened the door and slipped down the stairs before she backed into them herself. As you get to the bottom of the stairs, you find yourself in an... It's strange, it's both elaborate and simple in terms of decoration. There are certain portions, there's a bed in here, and there are drapes all over it of various colours. It feels like she's taken fancy and expensive purple silk and draped it on one side, and then the other, she's got blues and reds and golds, and tried to make this feel as rich and exotic as possible, and yet there's also a plain writing desk in here, and some books, and an inkwell. It's... A lot of the bare minimum, what do you do when you get down here? She is coming down the stairs, and she is also hurrying now because she is obviously flustered by what's happened upstairs. Shit, shit. The very first thing I do is I beeline for the desk to try and see if there's any writing or letters or any incriminating evidence in her desk or on her desk. As far as you can tell, you don't see anything that stands out. She rushes over to her bed where at the bottom of the bed there is a chest. She throws the chest open, pulls a small case from out from underneath the bed, starts throwing things in there. She quickly seals it up and rushes over to the desk where she pulls out a piece of paper, a quill. She dips it in ink and begins to write furiously. I don't intervene, but I am watching very closely what she's doing and staying out of her way as she's doing it. As she's writing, she's muttering to herself, saying something under her breath. You can't quite catch it. Oddly, you're watching the paper. You're less than a few foot away from the paper, but you can't see what she's writing. And in fact, it doesn't look like she's writing anything. But she's clearly writing, but there's nothing on the paper. And then she quickly finishes, puts the quill back into its place, rushes over to a carpet in the middle of the room, throws it back. She pulls up a trapdoor. She walks down some stairs and closes the trapdoor behind her and the rug automatically rolls back over it. The first thing I do is pull the rug back and follow her to see where she's gone because there should only be water underneath us. You wander over there unthinkingly, throw back the rug, lift up the trapdoor, and indeed what you see is water and ripples in the water that seem to be coming from one direction and very quickly become less and less distinct. I'm not going to follow her. I throw the trapdoor closed and go to have a more thorough investigation of her desk, especially mm-hmm. the letter she wrote. I take that. Pick up the paper, completely and utterly blank. I take it because she was clearly writing something. So my gut instinct is there's something magical going on here or invisible ink or whatever. I start rifling through the desk to find anything else that might be in there. Rifling through the desk, you find a few ledgers, mostly that seem to track the import of goods and you read through just to see if there's anything suspicious. From what you can tell, it appears mostly to be an actual business ledger, keeping record of things like ale imports and wines and whatnot. At a glance from these books, nothing particularly stands out. You get the impression that someone who is involved with the kind of things that she is suspected of 
probably not leave incriminating evidence out in the open, even if it is within their private quarters, in the event of a raid, for example. Is her room just the bed and desk, or is there bookshelves? Are there any pictures on the wall? Probably has a picture by the bed, and the main one that she has that stands out is a painting of herself and the Asimar gentleman who you saw above board earlier. Obviously, there's the chest at the end of her bed. She has a fairly modest living, for the most part. It's very plain. I go through the chest at the end of her bed, just looking for anything. As you begin rifling through the chest, you hear the door upstairs open, purely by virtue of the fact that the volume of the noise from upstairs increases, and you begin to hear thudding footsteps. I stop going through her chest, because obviously if someone comes in and sees things flying out of the chest, they're going to be hella suspicious. Stand and wait to see what happens. Three large and very drunk-looking dwarfs storm in. I saw her coming here. She did. She came in here. And they're looking around at one another and... Who the fuck is she? She can't walk out on us like this. She owes us. Is there any way for me to skirt around them? Because they can't see me, but they can still feel me. <laughs> yeah, I'm edging around the room closer to the door, but I'm also interested in the fact she owes us. I'm eavesdropping as I'm trying to escape. It's mostly just angry muttering to the effect of she owes us, she can't walk out on us. If she walks away from this, there'll be hell to pay. She can't do this to us. There's no specifics in the kind of things that they're saying to one another. They do start going through her chest and pulling drawers open on the desk. Seems like they're looking for something, but you don't get any impression of what it is and you successfully manage to sneak upstairs they've left the door wide open and when you head out into the bar you get up top and your friends are nowhere to be seen I'm assuming that the brawl is still in full swing the fight's still well and truly underway yeah in that case I am just going to assume that they got out of that mess and try and do the same bumping as few people as possible whilst knowing that no one can see me so even if I did they'd probably just end up fighting the the person behind them. You dexterously dodge and weave your way through the brawl and make your way outside of the tavern. You all managed to reconvene further down the docks. Someone came to try and help the dwarf and Murren's concerned about the loss of his cloak. I probably would have been trying to flag people down to help. And there's plenty of people who stop to look and see what's going on. A lot of the attention is focused on the Low Lantern and most other people are not congregating where you all end up. The Grey Render happily located you uh, back and followed you out of the river. Ooh. When I <laughs> was down the river, was the Render swimming on the surface or was it actually swimming underwater piled through the door and it sunk like a rock i don't even know if you knew that it was following you i think you probably saw it burst through the walls of the low lantern and then when you crawled out of the river disheartened that it had apparently drowned it crawled out of the water shortly afterwards hauling itself onto land a good boy that's handy is it panting at all <laughs> just spits up a bunch of water <laughs> It still has your backpack on. I think your goods are probably waterlogged. The hat is gone. Oh. And the shirt is now clinging to it. Uh, at least it's night. Uh, well, so I trudge off and meet the others sopping wet. Oh, Toby, you're okay. I am. Uh, wow, that was, uh, that was a lot. It, it went well. Um, well, the only thing I found is this. I don't know what it says. Because I definitely saw her writing something, because she obviously went... I don't think that says anything. I think it's blank. Uh, she was definitely writing something on it. And there are ways of concealing writing. Right. Don't you have some means of reading writing, or...? 
What kind of writing? Or is it purely magical? I still have to be able to see it to read it, but she definitely wrote down something in a hurry and then left. Not anything like rubbing some coal over it or, you know, to draw out the I mean, the scratchings from the words. I don't, I don't know how magic works. I know some people use vinegar. If we soak it in vinegar, maybe that'll help. Well, we can try that after if we discern that it's not magical. We can try more practical ways of revealing what she wrote. <laughs> Vinegar is practical. That's not what I mean. In the meantime, weren't we supposed to be meeting back in? I mean, this is not a great situation. <laughs> I think if we were supposed to be meeting them, that's gone to hell. It's also not a great meeting point, as things have since transpired. Well, I can't go out in the public and see them. Someone won't recognise me on this and the render. I'll definitely recognise the render. At least one or two might. We're, we're going to need a new disguise for him. I'm still on the opinion that we should try and find a way to get rid of it. I'll have to figure out something. If Akeen can't keep us somewhere that's well hidden enough, I'll have to try and work out means of... Well, after this, weren't we going to go back to Worm Rock? Hmm. You, you weren't planning on bringing it back there, because I'm pretty sure that's going to raise a few eyebrows. Don't know if I can stop it from following me. Yeah, I think it's formed a kind of bond. So long as our buck stays calm, it's fine, right? What are they going to do? They're going to wonder why on earth I've brought a beast into their halls the next morning after. Well, he's going to have his disguise on, obviously. I don't think that disguise is going to keep working, <sighs> especially now that we've lost the hat and its clothes are so wet that it's clinging to it so you can clearly see it's a monstrosity. If I could shrink it some more somehow, if only I could manage that. But last time I... Shrink it more? Oh. Hmm. It was enormous at first when I first saw it in the house. Ludicrously so. I mean, I assume it only enlarges when it gets angry. Or it could have just been an effect of the house. Possibly. When I first saw it, it was too big to fit through the door. Then it backed off and somehow managed to resize itself. So I'm going to look at it now directly. And I'm in Dwarvish and going to just say shrink. Good doggy. Mm. It can't do it by itself. Then I may need to find some way of... If only I could get back to the house, figure out what some kind of means or something there to try and keep it occupied. <sighs> did I get my bloody robe back? I don't know, did you? I would have liked to have taken it back. You're almost certain that unless an alternative was presented, yes, it probably would result in him bleeding out. Roll a d4 on an even number, the person who offered aid had a better solution. You, you either decided your cloak was worth more than this dwarf's life, or you let them keep it? No, I'll let him keep it. I mean, I know it's holding its guts in, so it's only fair. Eventually, Akin shows up. You have a conversation. They talk about the efforts they've gone to to find you somewhere to stay and lay low. And they look at the low lantern. They look at you lot and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And they tell you that you have rooms to stay in at the Suckling Pig. That there's an Asimar who works there that owes them a few favours. And you won't have to pay for the the rooms if you use them. But that if you don't plan on using them, ideally let the bar staff know when you don't need them so that they can rent them out to other people. I vote we go and return to Worms Rock for the time being. So you arrive at the keep and there are definitely some questions about the render. Oddly though, because it's so calm, no one is overly distressed by it. This thing is weird. What what justification or explanation does Urbach have for what this thing is and why it needs to be left unharmed? It's an experiment of mine. 
don't worry. Perfectly harmless. They acknowledge that you are a learned man of science and accept that you obviously value your property, but insist that it stay in the stables because you are staying in shared quarters and they're not convinced that it would be able to sleep in a bed without disturbing people. Guess they're back sleeping in the stables tonight. It's probably too big for most beds anyway. Precisely, yeah. Fair enough. I'll have to sleep out there with it. Or any sort of nearby area. Just keep it away from the horses. I'll also use opportunity to give it a proper study. We're going to skip ahead a few days. A total of five days passes. Fey Day is cleaned up afterwards. There are no more signs of festivals happening on the horizon. Business, for the most part, appears to return to normal. And I'll start with Toby. The first thing I want to try and do is figure out the nature of the letter, see if it is magical and if there's any way for me to make it visible. There is a spell that you are aware of called Illusory Script. Slightly modified version of it. Normally Illusory Script, you would see text, you'd see written words on the page, they'd all be garbled. This version is simply, there is no message. Only the intended recipient can actually read it. And I don't find any way to dispel that at all. You spend your time researching ways to dispel magics. You discover a way to temporarily dispel minor spells, and it takes a ritual. Do you try it? Yes. You succeed. You, for the briefest of moments, see writing on the page. And just as you're focusing to try and read it, the writing vanishes completely. And you get the spence after spending time trying to determine the nature of this thereafter. You get the sense that this is now just a blank piece of paper. Oh. You dispelled it completely. <laughs> so the text and the magic that was used to disguise it are gone. I think for the whole 24 hour period after that, I was inconsolable. <laughs> Oh, fucking... Uh, too late now. <laughs> After that, I think I do try one of the other suggested methods of seeing what the intents on the paper were out of pure desperation to have not lost everything. Mm -hmm. You end up with a lemon juice-soaked piece of paper and you're looking at it sadly as it just runs down the page and <sighs> there's nothing. There was no indentations to be seen. <sighs> It's almost like this paper was never used. Having utterly ruined that avenue of investigation. <laughs> I think I'd also continue trying to make a connection with the Raven Queen to try and continue my original thought of is trail dead. Um, either by continuing to try and meditate on it, and if that continues to fail, trying to actually learn more about my patron. There are plenty of temples. There's no specific temple to the Raven Queen. There is certainly likely to be someone who knows something. As you are wandering through the city of Baldur's Gate, you find a row that you get the sense that people try to avoid this street. Um, and when you speak to people and ask them why you never see anyone going down this alley, people refer to it almost jokingly, but somewhat seriously, as the row of forgotten patrons. And it's the only place in Baldur's Gate where people are allowed to preach on the street. So there are a lot of preachers in the road. And it's everything from the apparent madman raving of the world is ending and Tiamat is rising and if you don't repent your sins she'll be eating your firstborn within the month to the genuine 
pure-hearted intentions of the people just desperately trying to get you to open yourself to the traveler's light. Various preaching of less patronized patrons, less worshipped gods. Some of them are prophesying, others are simply trying to convert you. And as you're walking up and down the street and catching snippets of conversation here and there, at some point Oz and pecks your head. Ow, ow, what? He doesn't say anything, he's just staring. And standing in the row of nearby preachers, there's three or four different people, each of them trying to preach louder than the other, except for one who's simply not talking. The others have a couple of people paying some attention to them and nodding as they're talking, as though they're actually absorbing anything that's being said. One of them is literally talking about the rise of Tiamat and how her followers are bringing about the end of days and will bring her to the surface and that we must all unite and rally together to prevent the crazed cultists of Tiamat from destroying the world. And people are mostly ignoring this person because they're clearly lunatics. There's another person who's preaching the good word of Bahamut as if they needed more followers. And that person, despite everything, actually has a couple of people, probably more than the others, paying attention to them. And this figure in the middle is perfectly silent. She's about five foot tall, somewhat rotund. She's wearing a black leather doublet and a long white sleeve shirt. And she's wearing long, plain black trousers and tightly laced black boots. She's very, very pale. And she has long, wavy black hair. And as you pay attention, you can see that she also has horns. And she is, in fact, a very short and somewhat rotund tiefling. Her skin is the color of the moon, head to tail, including her horns. And her horns are short and stubby, but covered in skin. She is staring at you as you walk by. And she looks at you with these cool, piercing eyes. As much as that unnerves, I find myself walking over to her. Especially considering Oz pecked me in the head. And I don't want that to happen again. And Oz is staring back at her. And they're staring at one another. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> she stares at you blankly. Um. Hello. Hi. I'm not very good at this kind of thing, but... I can tell. Uh, I, are you a follower of the Raven Queen? Who's asking? Uh, I am. Yeah. Why? I don't suppose you'd... Is there a problem? Kinda? Um, I don't suppose you'd have any advice for how to pray to her, I guess, or... Yeah, we hang out all the time, actually. Good friends. Toby's gone from hesitant to this person is probably just as batshit crazy as the tear that creature. <laughs> Weirdly, she seems like she's telling the truth. Um, I don't suppose you'd have any advice for how to talk to her, or... She looks at you like you're an idiot. Um. Have you tried using your mouth? Or does she not visit you? Um, I... Sometimes? I've had a... Well, I mean, if she visits you, then you can just talk to her. Just like that? Well, I mean, you know, yeah, if she's there, you're talking to me, you've clearly got the aptitude. Uh, I guess I'll just give that a try then. I mean, when did you see her last? In a dream a couple of weeks ago oh you're one of them right well what one of them it's different for you that's the same okay i am now thoroughly confused have you tried 
using your ballot. When she says that, Toby has a light bulb moment that he's been really stupid for maybe the last two years. You know, Raven Quill. You know, now that you Raven, say that, that. Yes, you know. Seems really. I mean, that's a bit more complicated than just talking to him. You, you've got to do the ritual, obviously. Ritual? Yeah, you know, the ritual. What ritual? She smirks. Oh. Um, well, you've got to stand on your head and stick it in The custard. expression on my face just plateaus immediately. And... Oz is laughing on your head. All right, here, look. You know what? Um, why don't you stop by here later tonight? I'll bring you what you need. I'm giving her the most sceptical look, but it's still the only thing Toby has to go on. Sure. Despite being sceptical, I agree. But before I meet her that night, I make sure everyone knows where I've gone. Mix offers to keep you company. If Mix suggests that she come with me, then I at least agree to that much. So the first night that you go to visit her in the alley as per her instructions mix tags along and when you get there she is not there i wait for a little while <laughs> you wait around she doesn't show up when she doesn't show up I okay maybe someone's having a laugh at my expense and go back try again the next nights i go on my own the next time when you arrive she is not there but a tall, slender tiefling with the same tone, skin, and horns that reach a good foot above her head with narrow features and long black hair is slouching against the wall and waiting there patiently. Cautiously, I approach. As you approach, Oz hops down off your head, lands in front of her, and lowers his head. I am very confused. Just some respect. Uh, when I hear that in my head, I, like, do a bow. She doesn't say anything. Uh, but she smiles. Um, it's good to see you. Uh, thanks. Very confused and a little bit awkward. Are you, are you her? Are you the Raven Queen? She tilts her head slightly. And it's it's odd how much, like... Oz, her movements are. I think they call me that sometimes. Yes, 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 I think I think they do. Sometimes? Call me lots of things. That raises more questions, but I have to force myself to stay on track with my original intentions. I was... As you start talking, I think it's probably about time that you learned how to do this. And she blankly turns to the wall next to her and begins tracing... Very, very intricate diagrams. Uh. And she's drawing them extremely quickly. And each time that she draws, it's almost like she's not drawing with a material. She's just brushing her hand against the wall and moving her fingers around rapidly and leaving trails of light as she goes. Uh. I hope you're taking notes. Definitely trying to memorize what she's doing. Probably feeling very much like a child who hasn't studied for a test that's suddenly been thrown on them. And what she essentially draws is a large circle with very intricate patterns throughout. And then when she's done, she draws the final symbol in the center, puts her finger. You go here and focus. Then if I'm not busy, we can talk. Um, okay. That is what you wanted, yes? Yes. 
Good. So we can't talk now? You can talk. So I want to find out something for one of my friends. Her sister may have died recently, but we're not convinced. It was kind of strange. Her name was Trail Invictus? No. No. What? No? No. No, as in she's not dead? I have not seen her. Do you usually see people who pass on? Most of the time. There are exceptions. There are always exceptions. Would there be any special circumstances to there being an exception? Oh, yes. Huh. That, that's very interesting. You did say that it was different, so... She kind of turned into a monster first. Maybe that would be an exception. I can't know everything. I suppose that's fair. <laughs> Thanks for your time. That's all I needed to know. Sure. No problem. We should talk more. You seem nice. Uh, yeah. That would probably be a very good idea. I'm sorry it's taken so long. You've been busy. Bye then. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Toby feels really awkward. This entire time, she's just been staring at the wall and the picture that she drew. She didn't once look back or away from it. Toby's searing that image into his mind. Hey, I see you reaching for the skip button. But listen, there are a ton of fantastic shows out there. Here's one you could be missing out on right now. We live in the darkness, between the twilight of dusk and dawn. Magic was once part of us and us part of it. Then the gloom. A bodiless form of fog and cloud began to consume our lands. The magic that remains is fading. The power and glory of its rivers and seas became beds of dust and death. We have come to accept this existence. It is all we have known. It has become a part of us. In darkness we live. We endure. We survive. Midnight Kingdoms is an actual play podcast airing September 17th. Find us at midnightkingdoms.com. See now, was that so bad? And now, on with the show. Marin, what are you planning on doing? The last thing that happened was you lost your robe. I probably would have gone to try and find another one. Would I have enough ink and parchment for another letter? Yeah, absolutely. I would like to write another letter to Sariel. Once I'm done with that, I'm going to get both of them sent. And my time at the keep, I would have liked to catch Fred the Furbolg and maybe request do some training with him, maybe some sparring. Hello, Marin. It's good to see. Yes, hello, Fred. It's, it has been a while. Um, I was hoping if I could uh, request something of you. Why... Of course, anything that I can offer you would be my pleasure. Oh, well, that's that's great to hear. Um, say, are you good with your fists? Well, I have been known yet involved in a little bit of fists. Cuffs now and again. Ah, ah, ah. This pleases me. Um, Why do you ask? Well, I feel that uh, I'm a little rusty, like like I need to brush up a little bit. So, so if you wouldn't mind, would you uh, train with me? 
I would be honored. Let us go to the grave. Pleasure. So he leads you through the keep to the training area. And there's a couple of people who are already training in there. And he leads you over to a dirt pit, which is usually reserved for wrestling and the like. And he takes up a fighting pose. Roll insight for me. Six. Oh, Jesus. Natural one. It's not a six. That's a natural one. Yes. This guy looks tough. He looks like he's got really on the ball. He's every opening that you try to find just got it covered. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna really have to go all out on this guy. This, this guy's a fucking master. <laughs> you're really gonna have to just go for it. Flurry of blows, stunning blow, everything. You gotta throw everything you've got at this fucker. Spend all my key points. Yep. <laughs> This guy's going to be dead. He's standing there with his fists ready. When you are ready, come at me. I've got this. The guy's standing there with his fists up in the loosest, most unprofessional stance ever. He's got his thumb and his pinky out like, wiggling his hands backwards and forwards. And you, in a panicked days charge forwards you slam your elbow up into his throat and he doubles over where you put your hands behind his head and slam his head down into your knee as your knee brings up smashing his face into your knee you whip around and you roundhouse kick him in the back of the spine as he's falling forwards you leap over and hammer him two-handed on the back of the skull as he drops to the ground you kick him to roll him over and then lunge in for the fist to the face and hold. Oh my god. As you realise he's completely unconscious already. Alright. You look up and look around and there's a couple of other people in the guardhouse looking at you simultaneously. Whoa. And also, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I just returned there. You didn't have to go so hard on the guy that clearly told you two days ago that he's a new like, recruit I here. I just point down at him and go, he's a little tight. <laughs> I'll try to... Just seeking medical aid. <laughs> <laughs> medic! <laughs> a medic assists him, and he's brought round. He's fed a potion. They're an army. And he comes to... Well, I have to admit, I did not expect that to go quite so poorly. Well, I, I admit that... Oh, he's talking. not realize you were so capable. I'm glad that you are on our side. I would like to rest. You should. Um, th- thank you for your time. You, you did uh, exceptionally well. Uh, uh. We'll, we'll do this again some other time, eh? Perhaps. Thank you. He doesn't say anything else. Not all furbolgs are monks. During our time at the keep, go out to the stables, observe the eldritch dog. Maybe find some wood so I could possibly start carving. When Urbeck is nearby and it's in there, it often spends the entire day staring into space, sitting perfectly still. Unless he tells it otherwise, it usually follows, leaves when he leaves. Seems happy to simply exist. You never see it eating. What you carve out's pretty reasonably good. You have a little wooden version of the render. 
then asking around at the keep about what the word on the street is about what happened at the low lantern people are kind of reluctant to talk to you because from what they've heard the last time anyone tried to talk to you you fucking beat the shit out of them <laughs> and they were unconscious oh oh god the hulking shadowy form of Murren stalks the keep and approaches many an innocent guardsman but they say the magic words three times and look away I don't know anything. <laughs> it's a fucking boogie man now. Yeah, it seems like most of the guards in the keep aren't particularly keen on communicating with you. I wasn't at the low lantern. wasn't me. I wasn't there. <laughs> Fight the good fight. Yeah, sure, you too. Just, you know, not here. Right, okay. Duly noted. I'd like to find out if the harpers have a presence in the city, but... If you're looking for instructions or help or assistance... Most of the time, it's coded letters. Leosin tells you to write a letter to mother, and then he gives you an address that you can send it to to keep what you're talking about vague. But if there's ever anything that you need all of the Harpers to know, write a letter to mother and send it to this address. If you are just looking for an individual Harper to get in touch with your contact, because you are a professional bowyer, he tells you to find the bowyers in the city. Leosin told you that if you go to the bowyers guild and tell them that you're looking to find wood to craft the Bow of Whispers. And most people there will have no idea what the fuck you're talking about and think you're crazy. But word will get around, and by extension, your contact will come looking for you. And that is what happens. It is a short, fat tiefling. He's, he's very rotund. Got a very, very full face. He has quite long and prominent horns. They're also quite thick. His face is almost Majin Buu shape. <sighs> you are... You are in... That's correct. All right. I'm the one you're looking for. You have a name? Or do, do they no. do not, not do names? Okay. No, 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 of course. I mean, I know you're Marin. You can call me Todd. Todd, right. Todd will do. Sorry, I had to rush over. What can I help you with? Do you know anything about the Zentarum? Yeah, I know. I know of the Zentarum. They are pretty big influence in lots of parts of the world. Why? Right. I fear that we may have um, gotten in with them. Okay. We we sort of ran a ran a job for them. Right. Okay. Probably not good. What kind of job? Um. Well, we we went to um recover some coin that uh, one of the guards at the gates had been extorting. Right. You you are aware that the whole city runs on a toll based system, yeah? I mean, it seems that this fellow he was extorting a little more than good up. Right, so are you concerned that maybe you actually stole legitimate coin, or what's the what you need me for? I mean, I'd like to think that by returning it to folks that they could do better with it, because it seems like they're taking care of the people in the outer city. Possible. I can look into it if that's what you need me for. This isn't going to affect anything moving forward, is it? What do you mean? I mean, well, I, I guess I'll just take this. The Harpers understand that sometimes we have to do things that might not seem right to get yeah. what done, done. I think I'm beginning to understand that too. If you're working with the Zentari, tread carefully. Mother wouldn't like to hear that they were aware of our movement. I certainly wouldn't want that to happen. We'll try to keep our heads low. Whether you may or may not have heard otherwise. He shrugs and shakes his head. 
I have my own business to attend to. I'm not much for listening to gossip on the streets. Do you want me to look into this guy that you robbed, or...? Actually, say, do you think you could look into the Duke? Which one? Um, the one called... Silvershield. Uh, Tolin. Look into him how? Why? What am I looking for? Well, he seemed to have requested an audience with me and another friend, but it's... I think something ticked my friend off and we were cast back out onto the street pretty quickly. Sure. So what do you want me to look into? What do you want to know? Would you be able to find out whether they have their hands in other people's pockets? He looks at you confused. Duke runs the city as part of the Patriots. There's probably very few people's hands that are not involved. I suppose that was a rhetorical question. I mean, if you've got something specific you want to know about, I can try to look into it. But being a little vague. I probably should have thought a little more about this before I called on you. You know where to find me. I'll have to brew on this for a little while. But thank you for heeding my call. What's family for, eh? He wanders out of the door of whatever place you are located in. Urbeck. Hello. What are we doing with our time? My first order of the day is, I've got a plan. I'll see if I can get someone to fashion some custom clothing for this thing, with a good hood as well. Something that can keep it covered, but allows it flexibility in case it freaks out again. So what you're saying is, you want a custom hoodie for the render? Essentially, yes. It's extra, 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 extra large. It costs you two gold. What colour is it, and what brand logo does it have on it? We can go with the original front pocket design, so it can store its hand in there. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. He now has a baggy hoodie with a, a pocket that goes all the way through that he can put his big clawed arms in. I'll also use a leash of some kind to keep with it. Not to actually have any effect, it's just so it looks like I've got a beast rather than, and it's you know, it's following me rather than, hey, what's that weird dude following mm-hmm. her back? You put the leash on it and it seems fine. You walk around places and it seems fine. You wake up the next day and it's eaten it. Hmm, that's interesting. And there's just bits of leatherette around the floor and various small bits of studded leather shredded and littered around the area where it was sleeping. Oh, very strange. Ah, well, I'm going to try and ask around uh, various folk and see if I can locate a bookstore that's a bit more... may have some special stuff. You speak to a few people in the streets and a lot of them generally look at you kind of baffled. I've got no use for books, mate. Not too familiar with books doors per se but at some point you're walking through the street and you see someone who's really well dressed and you approach them and it turns out they're a teacher for the local school in the upper city and in actual fact they do know of a private bookstore it's within the upper city this well-dressed person extremely dapper furbolg well if you insist on educating yourself and raising yourself above your peers then allow me to show you the way and he leads you to the opposite now remember you can't come up here on your own the guards may arrest you but if you are with a local then it won't be a problem and he leads you to a very well kept but dark store and you go in and it's very obviously kept dark to avoid damaging the books inside because light deteriorates the pages and wears away the ink and stuff first of all i'm going to open up inquiries on anything by mordenkainen 
as I recall, he was a wizard of some repute, according to Irk. You might have some info I could use. Same goes for Ottoman. When you approach the owner of the store and you mention Morden Canaan, that's a very uh, that's a very specific request. What are you looking for? I'm fascinated in the magics and the capacity to, well, alter a thing's size, simply put. Baffling to me. It's it's surreal, and I just, I just want to know more. I see. Uh, well... We don't carry magical texts here. Morden Canaan, you'd really be looking... I mean, we, we carry old books, certainly. Um, books of great value, historical or otherwise. But magic is not something that we sell here. There are parts of town where you can buy that sort of thing, if it's the kind of thing that you're interested in. Um, but here we really sell manuscripts, religious texts, old old knowledge that is otherwise lost to time. Ah. If you were looking for Morden Canaan's personal journal, for example, that might be something I could perhaps procure. Ah, a copy of it. Um, what kind of, what are the price ranges we were talking no, about? No, 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 not a copy. His personal journal. Hmm. I must be greatly interested in that. I somehow feel that there would be a cost here. I don't believe I could accommodate. Perhaps. Allow me to, uh, come up with a figure for you. And he goes over to a machine on the side of his desk and he starts typing away and it rings a few different times and then produces a slip of paper and scrolls on it and then passes it to you and says, should you be interested in obtaining said journal so you can do it? It will take approximately six months and this will be the fee. And there are lots of zeros. Mm. And then it ends with the word platinum. Uh, I thought as much. Six months is quite a high turnaround, but we can shorten it for a little bit extra. Mm. I'm more collector of the knowledge itself as opposed to the physical ownership of things i'm afraid still i do appreciate the effort though i'm afraid you're in the wrong place we are for those of more refined tastes hmm. ah um that was another thing uh talking of which so in mapping and layouts it'd be interesting to know things such as the foundations and the designs of much of this city particularly if you're an oddball one it's a sewer system hmm. yes i suppose i can... i mean the architecture of the city is phenomenal and just obviously i understand there must be some kind of good foundation to it otherwise it would just sink certainly this is a specialty item. It's not something that we have as a usual par for the course, but we could certainly obtain that. Uh, if you would like to make a down payment, we could have it delivered to you. If you are not able to, and he looks at your escort, come here on your own. Where are you staying? Well, I'm currently residing at Worms Rock. Ah. Temporary employee, you see. Indeed. Such an item would set you back ten gold. Ah, that would be that'd be excellent. If that was possible, I can provide you the down payment immediately. Oh, it's certainly possible, my dear boy. It will take a few days to procure and to ensure safe delivery. I would estimate four or five days we could have it delivered. What name should I send this to? Hmm. Apply it to... Sign it for Mix Invictus, would you? Certainly. It's an associate of mine. She'll be able to pick it up. As you wish. He jots it down, asks for payment. I will provide immediately. And uh, where did you say this, this um, other shop was? I'm afraid I'm not familiar with the rest of the city. I frequent the upper parts primarily. Ah, um, do you... I'm sure you could ask some young streak vagabond for directions. They'll often talk for a silver or two. Ah, uh, that doesn't... Uh, had poor experiences with them, but... We all do. Mm. Talking with them is thoroughly unpleasant. I understand why you remain in this part of the city. Thank you for your patronage. Uh, yes, certainly. You have a good day now. I just bimble out, desperately trying to stop the render from bashing into anything. I think the render's just been waiting outside, chilling in its hoodie. I'm gonna go around, ask about the place to see if I can find anyone who's into magically inclined stuff. The other day when you were in the centre of the city, waiting for Akin, you recall Mix 
was harassing slash helping a hobgoblin who was running a store called Golfelt's Magical Goods. That would be the place. I shall bumble on down there now. He has a couple of scrolls, but they are mostly first level spells. I'm going to head off to Rilsa's Emporium, and I'm going to chat to whoever's there behind the kiosk at the day. I'm going to try and pawn off the ring I have. What ring are you referring to? Way back when in the cave, from that chest in the room of the gas, I grabbed a ring and a necklace. It's, it looks pretty valuable. He offers you a figure that's clearly lower than it's worth. I'll offer you 700 gold. Yep, that's fine by me. You get the sense he's still undercutting you quite significantly. Yeah, so he offers you 700 gold. Wait, for what? For the ring. You say 700? Yes. Oh, good lord, I thought you said 100. Okay. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, yes, okay, that's very happy with that. Um, it's worth way more than that. <laughs> yeah, but still. Then I head on back to buy the scroll. Haha. <laughs> That's all we have time for. Join us next week for episode 20, Truth and Heartbreak. We're still working hard to produce new content for our Patreon each week, exclusively for supporters at any tier. So stop on over at patreon.com forward slash darkdragonsin and help us keep the lights on. Until next time, travel safe. And remember, in this realm or the next, the scales of justice are here for you. Always. Always.